Another episode of Maximize You. Oh, yeah. We got the wolf. And the captain. How you doing, man? Fantastic, sir. I am so glad to see you, man. And we have guests here today, Scott. We do have a guest. We're getting a highfalutin, wolf. <laughs> Look, you go down to Florida for a week and you get a fresh perspective. You come back and you go, my God, here we go. There's gold in their hills and it's in the form of guests. That's right. Let's That's bring them right. on. We know plenty of people that we, can contribute and add value. Yeah, and we've had a couple of guests before, but that's mm-hmm. sort of the direction we want to go in is just to Absolutely. bring more because it's not just about you and me. That, that gets, mm-hmm. you know, dreadfully boring after a while, maybe. Yeah, I know I get bored with you. You do. <laughs> you do. But I like you anyway, Richard. All right. No, but but there's always value in bringing on new perspectives. And, mm-hmm. and, fo- and we have a, a delightful individual tonight who has a very impressive resume <laughs> in her in her professional development background. Absolutely. And Frances, I've only known her for just a few years now, but I've been very impressed with all she's accomplished and the things I see her continue to do. And she's always pushing hard and striving to move forward. She's a family lady, got children to take care of and you know, almost manage, if you will. And she's got some of the funniest stories about her and the kids. Boy, I just love it. It's just hilarious. And I've always said... And that Scotland accent. That Scottish... I have said... I could just listen to you read a phone book. <laughs> it's And it's phenomenal. Absolutely. You're not the first I know. <laughs> so we've got Frances McIntosh with us. Now, Frances is a dietitian by training, right? Yes. Registered dietitian by training. But it's somewhere along the way, you discovered personal development and coaching, and you moved into that... Niche, correct? Yes. Okay. Have you heard the story of how that happened? Yeah, we, well, we talk, uh, We actually had the privilege, I have, because we, we talked about that on the uh, Profiting From Your Passion okay. podcast that I also co-host mm-hmm. with Grant. But this is a different podcast, so we want to hear, hear it here, too. Yeah, we have a different audience. But something that's also very cool about Frances is, number one, she is a certified Brene Brown content facilitator. And that she is also a Forbes online contributor. And so she's had several articles published. She's had some guest panel articles published. She's been on their podcast uh, several times. She's done some informational videos for them several times. So she's like really like a rock star. So we are really, really blessed to have you here with us. And you're going to have the joy of not only getting to know Frances, but also just to hear her talk. And that's, and that's a win for everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this feeling of imposter syndrome right now. But you've earned the buildup for sure because you are a professional <laughs> and you do a really great job as a communicator. And you're able to communicate with folks and to, and to share this knowledge that you have and to help them, I, I call it moving the needle on their lives. So let's hear a little bit about, just a little bit about Francis McIntosh. And you're obviously not from Louisiana, and that and that's okay. But tell us just, a, give us a little little bit about your story and how you, you got here and, you know, the, the dietitian gig and then how you ended up as a, uh, as a contributor with Forbes and working with Brene Brown because that's really cool. Okay, so I can bottom line this in one word. Oh. Okay. Oh, no. Three words. Okay. It's like name that tune. Yes. I'll give you that story in three words. No, I'll give you that story in two words. Just say yes. Just say yes. Yeah. So in 2002, it had rained every day for nine months in Scotland. Wow. And my husband had been working with a company in Broussard. And they kept saying, come work for us, come work for us. And he was like, no, I just want to stay in Aberdeen. And I said to him, 
go work for them. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Who wants rain every day? And I remember the, the day that I told the boys, because they were six and ten, and we were driving in Aberdeen. It was probably their last day at school, and we're driving, and it was raining. It was grey. And people wear grey as well. The buildings are granite <laughs> grey. It's the overall ambiance. Okay. My yeah. closet used to all be grey. <laughs> I can't imagine because you're like the most colorful person now. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Okay. Oh, it's Louisiana. That's it. That's right. Sunshine. That's part of it. Yes. So I said to the boys, take a minute and take a look at this scene. Whether we come back in one month, one year, or ten years, it'll still look like this. It'll mm. still be like this. These people who love to stay in Aberdeen, as I assume in every city, they many times do the same things year after year sure. after year. What a great opportunity to live somewhere else. Mm. Yeah. So we came over. The boys went to school. The boys were really smart. I mean, they're all, all my kids are smart. Sorry. Of course. Sorry, Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but they are actually in the top 1% and 2% in the U.S. with their national grades. Wonderful. But they had to leave at the age of 21 because my visa just covers them till they're 21. Ah. After that, there's no other visa mm. for them. So we're still working to get yes. them back. My youngest daughter is 17, so this is kind of crazy. She came to me one day and said, I want to homeschool myself. And I said to her, I don't have time. I don't have time to help you with that. And she said, it's okay, I'll do it myself. <laughs> okay. Miss <laughs> Morty. Bit of a, bit yeah. of a self-starter there. <laughs> to a kid who hates school. Yeah, sure. But she has a severe nut allergy, so... The school was phoning me three times a week or more saying, she's had a reaction, can you come get her? Mm. And so she was missing so much school, she reckoned she could do it from her bed at mm. home. <laughs> so the first few months, she lay in bed and watched TV. And then the school board called her in and said, you know what, you were hoping to finish your junior and senior year in one year that's not going to happen and you'll be lucky if you're finished with your class mm. when you are due to graduate and her eyes filled up with tears yeah. and we, she said nothing we got in the car and she said yeah I'm going to show them <laughs> <laughs> sheer determination I love it uh, no, and no. I aspire to be like her <laughs> she's your hero yes she that. is that sounds like a little Scottish fire in there to me <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. gosh <laughs> so she Graduated high school at 16 and went to college in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, mm -hmm. at just nearly 17. Yeah. Big so step. Pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Very amazing. Um, yeah. So my kids have been my inspiration because regardless of what we're going through personally, they just keep pushing through. So I'm going to have three in college. Yeah. Oof. I know. Two are going for master's and... Um, Darcy says she's going to finish in June, which is next month. She's going to graduate. She can't wait to start wow. working. Good Seems like her. yesterday that, that she started studying yeah. in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a certification. She's not. She doesn't feel she needs a degree for what she does. Sure. But she has sure. like 
16 or 18 certifications in audio engineering. Is that all? <laughs> that's great. Well, you know, when you talk about them being your hero, but really and truly, I think that's a testimony to you, you know, because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, or in my case, the nuts right. don't fall too far because they're crazy like I am. <laughs> but but I think that's really a testament to to the, the influence that you have on them. So kudos to you. That's, oh, that's a win for you too. Because that didn't just come from nowhere. I can yeah. promise you. I mean, sure, there's we all have those innate things in us, but again, I think you know. Genetics, DNA, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah, it's influence. It comes from, yeah, just the environment you raised them in. Yeah. Yeah, and I went to school for the first time here in Louisiana in 2017. God bless your soul. Uh, No, not 2017, 2007. There you go. um, For dietetics, so a science Mm -hmm. degree. Uh, (laughs) Where she said, God bless you. (laughs) I know. Well, what made you pick dietitian? I'm just yeah. curious. I, I had always wanted to be a dietitian. When I was 15 and I'm doing home economics, my teachers, I, you know what it was? It was one specific moment. When I learned that vitamin C cured scurvy, Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, I bet can cure, nutrition can cure so many other things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it can. So I just got really excited about it. But my parents, you know, the, the end thing in, in, for my culture was just go work. Just go work. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And I worked for BP from the time I was 19 till the time I had my first child. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. And, and that whole idea of the idea of food as medicine, I think, is in mm-hmm. functional medicine specifically, a lot of that's starting to catch on more and more. You got Mark Hyman and some of these others that are that are out there. And we, you and I have actually had this conversation about the fact that doctors, most most doctors aren't taking nutrition classes when they go to medical oh, no. school. no, they don't teach them so, anything so, about food. And, right, and which, is, which I think is a crying shame. And it actually was a shock to me. I went, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, why would you not, mm-hmm. you know, want to do that? But I, but more and more when you, you know, they're talking about just the effects of food on your body, you know, holistically, it's really fascinating stuff. So it's cool that you're that you're a part of that conversation on the on the dietitian side, on the science side of it, as opposed to the medical side of it, because I think you need that balance for sure. Yeah. So that was BP in Scotland, you were. Yeah. So she um, went to school, graduated, got worked for BP in Scotland, had some children, then she comes to Louisiana. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I didn't go to school in Scotland. She went to UL. I, well, you yeah, went, went to well, yeah, you went to high school. I guess. Yeah, I went yeah, to high school. Elevator. But all those things together, yeah, I mean, so some breadth. Now, sure. so here's the question that I have, and I want folks to hear this because <clears throat> you get people who are in jobs, and you know they they might have enjoyed the job or it's what they mm-hmm. went to school for, but they're not loving the job, right? And maybe there's a different calling on their life or, or something that they really feel passionate about and they want to do. So you moved from being a dietitian, dietetics, over to training and development and coaching. So how did that happen? Was it just like right place, right time, or just an opportunity? Yeah. I had just finished school. I had just finished my internship and became became a dietitian. And I had another dietitian offer me her business, her bariatric nutrition business, and it was a great price. And then I had a coach saying, I don't have any work for you, but I'll help you go through the coach training. And you know, you're like, oh, easy? Not so easy. (laughs) Easy? And I had done some bariatric nutrition in my internship. And there's a lot of 
for me it 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 wasn't it was easy but it wasn't easy you know people are are maybe taking the easy choice or the last choice mm-hmm. yeah and that for me was hard so i went with the coaching and he had no work but he would put me through the training mm-hmm. and what i found was that's the missing piece with dietetics oh. interesting okay Okay. Because even now, when I'm working with a team of dietitians, and we're coaching people at ExxonMobil or, or something like that, they are consulting and advising, and I'm asking questions. Hmm. So we're going through their blood work, their cholesterol's high or their blood pressure's high, and the dietitians are saying, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, what's the one thing that's going to have the biggest impact mm, on your you numbers. Go. That's right. Yeah. And they come up with the most amazing things. Wow. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Man, what well, a- as I'm thinking about dietetics or dietitians, you know, you're going to be working with people, right? And you guess that you can take that angle and go do it in groups of folks, like you're talking about with companies or whatever. But it is definitely a business where you have to be able to communicate well, right? Ask yes. the right questions and get the right answers and to give the right feedback, right? Yes. Oh, it's very, so it does kind of tie into coaching without a doubt. It's you very consultative. Yeah, well, you, you don't know. probably see it on the surface, and I'm sure no one gets into dietitian or in the dietetic school knowing, well, I'm going to have to speak in public or in front of a lot of people. No. They don't think about that at all. Yeah. It's got to happen. Yeah. It really will. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And, so, awesome. so far, a chronic introvert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Which you would not believe it to watch you. That's I for know. Sure. It's no. like, <clears throat> just give me a mic or a, a platform and I can speak about just about anything. But I think that's just evolved over the years right. because deep down I'm still a chronic introvert. <laughs> but when you have something to share mm-hmm. that can change people's idea or move them forward, then... Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, and part of your development with that and the, one of the th- things that that the three of us around this microphone have in common is Toastmasters. And so you've been a member of Toastmasters for a couple of years now? Two years. Yeah, and you've used that platform to develop. And you and Frances did this really cool thing. She was invited to give a speech to a women's conference Right, for the chamber. Here in Lafayette. No, over, over, over the church, right? The church. Yeah. And also at the chamber you did. Yeah, yeah. Too, so that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's right. But she came She came and basically broke her presentation apart and used mm-hmm. Toastmasters, that platform, to practice each section of that. That's right. And to be able to use that as a test audience, which is one of the brilliant things about Toastmasters. And Darren LaCroix, former world champion, says the same thing. People are like, what's Toastmasters? Toastmasters.org. Look it up. It's one of the best continuing professional development programs for public speaking and leadership. You got to have it. Just give give it a test drive. Mm-hmm. So you did. So you you've done the speaking and you started applying the coaching to dietetics. Brene Brown and we've got these really cool workbooks uh, from Brene's different uh, programs she's mm-hmm. put together. Her resources. Of course, she's got a. Uh, a presentation on Netflix that I'm really yeah. looking forward to checking She's out. She got two TED talks too, I believe. She, couple, yes. two couple TED talks, yeah. TED talks. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So she, so she. Now, Brene talks about what for folks that aren't familiar, because yeah. they really. This might be an individual to get dialed into. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little and bit how about did you Brene. Get connected with her. Yeah. Okay. So Brene speaks about. She has been researching vulnerability, 
authenticity and courage for the last 20 years. The latest workbook and the latest book that she published is, is based on that 20 years of research. She, although I've been doing this work for six years, she's developed it along the way into a workbook for organizations and leaders. The language has changed for Dare to Lead, for leaders to pick it up. It is transformational. But I'll stop and say how I got into it. Yeah, okay. yeah definitely. Cool. So I went to coaching school in Austin, and we would go, I think it's five or six weekends, I mean, full weekends, and then we have a year of training and online calls. Very intensive. Very. And I met a woman there who has remained one of my close friends, and she called me, and it was six years ago, she called me and she said, we need to do this. And I said... We don't need to do this. <laughs> I don't need to do this. Need. <laughs> no. I'm a single parent. I don't have extra money to pay for this type of training. So then she sent me the information and I said, okay, let's do this. And that was it. And it was amazing, really amazing in that it, the material, the way that it's taught... The way that it was taught when we were trained is that you do the work and then just as you go into that crazy low place, they pull you out and you're a facilitator. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, okay, I just went to cry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's based on things like core values. Do yeah. you know your core values? And it's such a stabilizing thing. Knowing your core values just brings you back in. When life gets crazy and you feel you're out of alignment with yourself, Mm -hmm. if you know your core values, you can reel yourself back in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we speak about trust, braving trust. And this works wonderfully. So Darcy was in Los Angeles and she had a boyfriend here, which obviously she was far too young to have a boyfriend. <laughs> 17? 16. 16. But as a parent, you don't want to say anything because they'll just dig their heels in. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Go the other direction. <laughs> but anyway, one day she calls me and she says, I don't know what's going on, but there's something not right here. And I was driving to New Orleans. I said, go Google Braving. Braving Trust, call me back, we'll unpack it, and I'm sure you'll come up with a solution. So we're going through. So braving is boundaries, and it's as simple as what's okay and what's not okay. Mm. And then reliability, you do what you say you're going to do. You don't overcommit yourself, because then you Mm -hmm. become unreliable. And then accountability. You do. Um, you hold yourself accountable. If you screw up, you own it and make amends. And vault. That is all about confidentiality. You do not share anybody's stories mm. that are not yours to share. And for us as a family, that means you can't tell your brother's story. Mm-hmm. You can't tell your sister's story because that's not your story. It's their story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell your part of the story but you can't tell anybody else's story. 
that means we become stronger and trust each other more. Yeah, sure. And so it really boils down to, seems sounds like interpersonal relationships and how to have those stronger relationships, which is so important. And, and I think we've lost that as a society as an art form, right? Because we have things like um, social media, and we've, <laughs> we've lied to ourselves, and I'm guilty too, but we've lied to ourselves and said, wow, yeah, I have 800 friends on Facebook. Now, I probably know the majority of my friends, but you know, you can't look at somebody's post and go, ah, I know all about them, and we're connected. No, it doesn't work that way, no. right? And there's, there's a certain amount of, um, gosh, there's like a veil that we can put over ourselves when it comes to our online experience because we usually oh, yeah. just want to put the positive. Of course, then you got people that want to throw all the junk out there and let you mm-hmm. in on more than they should. But, um, but I think that's people's cry for connection, right? To be seen, right? to be seen and to have connection, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I feel for, for that. But really, from what I'm gathering, and we're, we're kind of flipping through these books too, and I'm loving everything that I'm seeing, really it's about interpersonal relationships. I love it. And becoming more self-aware. <clears throat> yes. I was about to say that. Yeah. It's more of an intuitive and figuring out yeah. who you are, really, yeah. right? Yeah, I saw some of that, too. <clears throat> and r- rising skills. You know, what happens if you get fired or you have to fire somebody or you screw up or you go through a divorce or... I just blame you... Richard. <laughs> Every time. I just say it's wolf's Well, fault. when it's all possible, put the blame on somebody else. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's really strong leadership, right? That is. Not at all. No, no, no. <laughs> seems, it seems to be how our government leaders want to work. But anyway, that's oh, yeah. a whole other subject. We digress. We no digress. Yes. So you just own, I'm not going to say a whim because that's not probably the right term. So a friend suggested this and you're like, no, 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 no. Well, okay. And yeah. then you just kind of got sucked into that rabbit hole to where you were just kind of, I got to get more of this. I need to really dig in or what? What it is is that in the first session, even within the first hour, you see the transformation in a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying it's addictive, but it's really rewarding to see that. Sure. You know, yeah. some people have gone through therapy for years, and we sit down and do something like core values, and it's like... Yep. Wow. Well, I think that's part of, as a trainer, people, I've had people ask me, what do you get out of being a trainer? Well, other if, if it's a paid opportunity, <laughs> that's the extrinsic motivator, right? Yes. But if, but the intrinsic is seeing the light bulb moments and seeing transformational change mm-hmm. of some of incremental, you know, to an incremental degree or even to a large degree, yeah. but a light bulb moment. Yeah. That's extremely gratifying. That's one of the things that I get out of it the most is just to be able to help to help to bring those moments of realization. Oh, it's I very agree. cool. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. People that are true servants at heart, you know, their fulfillment really comes when they're helping other people. Well, it, at it's whatever level that might be, but you know, it really gets you juiced up. Well, it is, and, and here's the thing. Here's the selfish part about it too, because I want to feed off of that, yes. right? Right. So, be, so, so it, it's it it becomes you try not to make it about you because this is your addiction, and mm-hmm. you want to you know right. you feed off this. <laughs> but the cool part about that is in feeding that addiction. You're helping other people, mm-hmm. and and so there, it's a reciprocal. It's a win-win in all ways, and that's something I know your audiences get out of you too. Yeah. And you also do something cool too. You do the um, and I, the, the 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 term always gets, but the, the vision boards. Yes. Yes. You've done you've done workshops, and here now, and is I that want part you. Part of Brene Brown's system. No, no that's no, her own that's thing. So, no. so here's the thing. 
Yeah, and I want you to explain because you can you can go on another episode Wolf and I did. We talked about the value of going to conferences and seminars, mm-hmm. and how you can get certain things online or on a podcast or yes. in a book. Here's the thing: I hear from thought leaders about how to do vision boards, but you take it a step further. It's not just about the vision board, is it? No, it's not. And it takes four hours. People are like, how come a vision board takes yeah. four hours? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. the first part takes the longest. We are finding out who you want to be, what you want to have, and what you want to do. So the who you want to be is takes the longest. Because sure. for some people, it's really hard to go to that place. They've never thought about that. No. 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 And the cool thing that I do is that even if these people haven't ever met before in life, that you can feed into them. Sure. So I, I'll get them to do a list of, I am, and this is what they aspire to be, or I believe they already have it inside of them. They just need yeah. to unearth that. Yeah, that's right. So they're right on, I am courageous, I am confident, I'm a public speaker or whatever. They go through this. And I get them to read it out to the group. And I'll, then I'll say to the group, and what has she missed out? Mm-hmm. And that's where the power comes in there. It's so, so nice to watch. I've done it with Primerica. And it was amazing to watch You know, these, these colleagues coming together. Right. And I got them to write to their colleague on a post-it so that they could have it or mm, stick it on good. their bathroom mirror. Many were in tears Mm -hmm. because oftentimes we don't get a lot of positive feedback. We get plenty negative feedback, but not positive feedback. So that part takes quite a while. And then what do you want to do and not think small? Like what is the wildest thing that you would want to do? Like, oh, be published by Forbes or star in a movie or be in a movie. like Why? Frances. Like me. She's been in a movie. <laughs> two like, movies. Did two I movies. Tell two, you? Oh, two, yeah, you did actually. Two movies. Another yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Um, just the wildest thing. And, and half the time, or most of the time, it's just you have to say yes when you want to say no. Mm. So we do that. And then um, what do you want to have? And it could be as simple as time to sit and read a book, mm. time to develop myself, time to travel, time with my family. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the vision board. Okay, you know who you are, who, what you want, and uh, what you want to do. And then we get ready with the vision board. And that's so cool. It's I'll, amazing. I love it because that's like, remember Paul Harvey, the rest of the story? Absolutely. That's really, yeah. that, that's the before of the story. But, but I mean, it's, it's the whole thing mm-hmm. because it's the, like the missing link in what makes a vision board actually work. So the first time I heard you talk about that, it was like, Okay, it's on my to-do list. It seems like every time you've got one of those going, I've got another thing going on. That's my one of my goals is to attend one of Francis' vision oh, board workshops because good. i got to experience that for myself because it's one of those yes. things. You think about vision boards and you think about where you want to go in your life, but mm-hmm. but until you know who you are yes. right. and what you really want to do and what really mm-hmm. drives you, I could slap anything on that vision board and it looks good and I've done the vision board, but mm-hmm. it's superficial. Yeah. Oh no, it's I'm thinking complete. about as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about values. And you know, I've thought about that and I've written down some and kind of what I think I have and what they are, but I can imagine going through that ex- exercise 
I mean, you got there's some. You look at values online, and there's so many. I mean, the list is three times as long as this one you have here in the book. But really digging deep to kind of narrow that down a little bit more would really be an interesting exercise to really be insightful. I remember, golly, when was this? Maybe four years ago, probably. My son, my actually our whole family, all four of us, and his girlfriend. Um, we went down to Florida for a vacation. My son treated us one Christmas and said, here, we're going down there for the summer, which was really cool. And one of the things he said just in passing, we were just shooting the breeze. He's like, you know, and he was probably 25 at the time, I think, 24, 25, was he says, you know, people really don't stop and take the time to think. And yeah. this was at 25. I'm like, pretty insightful. Very, very now, insightful. Now, he was in the Marines for four years, so that gives you a whole different life experience, right? <laughs> yeah, so, right. but thinking through that, you know, at 25, he's, he figured out, you know, people have to just slow down, stop, and think mm-hmm. yeah. before they do things and just think about their life in general. Yeah. And that was pretty insightful for a 25-year-old. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I was talking the other day. Um, I, I was texting with a friend of mine, and, and they asked me, uh, hey, so, hey, what you doing? I said, in a total nerdy moment, I said, um, I'm actually looking at my sales results for the month and thinking thinking through my month and what was successful and what wasn't successful, almost like a little mini SWOT analysis. And then I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking ahead to this next month. And then she goes, whoa, maybe I, need to, maybe I need to do that. I say, yeah, not only that, yes, and also journal it and write it down. And that way you have some kind of a record if you've never done that thing before. It's just that introspective life that we do. And it doesn't even have to be about profession. It could be about anything that you dream about doing. Yeah. Like like Francis, like you say, you know, maybe I want to be a contributor to Forbes, you know, or maybe I want to be a teacher for this Bible study, or maybe I mm-hmm. want to do, I want to go on this vacation here, right? Yeah. So um, well, what I think about apply. when we're talking about this, it's so interesting is that, you know, through your vision board exercise and stuff you're talking about is there's always those things that we want to do and they're in our head, right? Yes. We never verbalized it. Mm-hmm. We surely didn't write it down. We'd like, boy, I'd like to go to Canada, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it can be anything small, big, or enormous. It doesn't matter. But until you speak it, you know, maybe even write it down, it's like, you know, God, the universe just says, oh, really? Well, let's see what we can do about that. And just things start to happen and move. Yeah, and um, you forget about it. Right. This is what I love about the Brené Brown material. There's workbooks. So we watch a video. Brené has given us special videos of her for each section. So we watch a video. There's questions in each of the books. So we answer the questions or answer the question then we speak about it it's like locking in the learning mm-hmm. yep yep and then for the core values it's not just picking the core values and we we whittle it down to one or two core values but then we look at the behaviors that support the core yeah. values so in the book yeah and so. then who are the people who are going to help you with that and for me, it would be my kids. Like, if I'm out of line with my values, they're going to pull me back in. Pretty fast. <laughs> That's good. And, well, That's and, awesome. And there's, and there's strength in, I've always said there's, there's power in the written word, but there's even more power in the spoken word. Oh, and just some, there's just something about it that makes it, it doesn't necessarily become a self-fulfilling prophecy because you got to do your part to get there, right? Mm-hmm. But it just sets things into motion when you can speak it, when you can visualize mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and speak it. And, you know, you just start going, maybe this is, you start going from the realm of this is just a dream mm-hmm. to this is a possibility. 
Well, in thinking, I'll take a quick moment here to tie some things together. In a previous podcast, we talked about what? The physical part, this, the physiology in our state, right? Yeah. Well, I believe firmly that if we start writing it and saying it, repeating it, all that starts to come together. It starts to build up in your physiology. Yeah. Now you're a little more excited. You're feeling it a little bit more. And that just begins to build momentum. Yeah. And you start moving forward. And again, like I say, you know, it, call it God, the universe, whatever you want to give it its term, but... When we're looking and doing certain things and we're excited about it, it's like magnets. You know, things are magnetized to us. And a quick story, I was visiting with a friend of mine this morning for breakfast that I have not seen in probably nine months. And just off the top of my head, I said, I wonder if he knows anybody at this particular company. Before I went the last night, and I said, okay, so we're about to wrap up and we're finishing up. I said, oh, by the way, do you know anybody at this company? Well, actually, I know the president. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, if yeah. you didn't ask, you would have yes. never known. You, you have know, not because you asked not. That's right. And I've, yes. I've known this cat for years, and just, you know, that particular topic never came up. But it's like, you got to ask. You know, you got to think through things, and that's, it's, it's really pretty powerful, too. But back to, we talked about writing a little bit earlier, right, and journaling, <laughs> that kind of thing. You're, as Scott mentioned earlier, a contributor to Forbes. So tell me that story and how that happened. <laughs> this is really interesting. I had the... I had several emails from Forbes asking me, inviting me, because it's an invitation-only right. group. But this was just random? How did you yeah. get on your radar is kind of my question. My question exactly, <laughs> too. Forbes knows. <laughs> there you go. Forbes knows. So it's they, a government agency. That's what it is. <laughs> they sent me several emails, and I'm like, delete, delete. Yeah. And then I get this phone call from Forbes saying, hey, we've noticed you... And we want to invite you on to our coaches council. Cynical Francis was like, really? (laughs) I like that. Really? I fly below the radar. (laughs) Nobody knows me. People in Lafayette don't even know me. (laughs) And they said, you... (laughs) They're right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, to Forbes. I said this to Forbes. (laughs) And they said, "We we saw you on LinkedIn. So there you go. Use your LinkedIn effectively. Really? Yeah. And were uh, you posting on LinkedIn at all? I was yeah, from time were? to time. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, Just curious. Inspirational <laughs> stuff, you yeah. know, motivational stuff. Um, so I was like, okay. So I, I emailed a friend that I used to work with and because I knew he was on the coaches council, but he didn't respond. And then uh, one of the girls that I did the Brene Brown co- uh, training with She's in Canada, and I knew she was in Coaches Council as well, Forbes Coaches Council. So I called her, and she's like, do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, really? She said, do it. And you know what? Write an article every month Mm -hmm. and answer all their questions, their uh, expert panel questions. And the other piece of information she gave me with answering the questions, because I was just doing some of those today, was... Do not look at anybody else's answers. Yeah, yeah. Just do that's your right. own. That's right. That's that's tough, by the way, because I've yeah, been in sure. that situation where I'm writing mm-hmm. for. I was a contributor for a magazine here in Laffey, and it's just real easy to start looking at what other people are saying or doing, and then yeah. it starts to influence. Be, be, that that influences your authenticity. I that's think. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And your own unique voice. So yes. didn't mean to cut you out there, but I, I totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> 14 articles later, and I've just started writing again. I took a break. Last year was all immigration, and I had 
no emotional energy left for writing. But 14 articles, 49 expert panel quotes, six videos, and three podcasts for Forbes. So Very good. Real big imposter syndrome. I want to know. Yeah, but... (laughs) I'll tell you what, though, imposter syndrome—that ain't that ain't you, girl. But I mean, I, I want to get on their radar. I would love, to absolutely mm-hmm. love that. Hint, hint. But I think that um, that you don't. I, and I deal. Richard and I have this conversation all the time. I deal with imposter syndrome. I'm, I'm chronic when it comes to mm-hmm. imposter syndrome. That's one of my things. But you know, obviously, though, your results speak for themselves you know. and you know right. Michael Hyatt I was at one of his conferences yeah yeah, yeah I'd like to try to I've been to see two of his is. conferences like yeah. he's amazing he's on my radar too for sure and he does this call to the mic you know have you had an aha moment through this section of the the conference or whatever and I go up and I said you said celebrate the wins no matter how small and I said that just blew my mind because at the time I'd had nine articles published by Forbes Mm -hmm. and I said this I've had nine articles published by Forbes and he was like whoa whoa wait wait a minute here (laughs) so there's 500 people in the audience and he said okay so put your hand up anybody else who's had an article published (laughs) in Forbes and he said there you go yeah. There you go. There you, you need go. to be celebrating those wins Absolutely. and not just blowing them off. That's very and did cool. Did you catch that, Scott? The chronic introvert got up in front of 500. I know, I know. And answered a question. I think, she, that? I think she just tells herself she's a chronic introvert. I think she's convincing, trying to convince herself yeah. of something that is clearly not true. Actually, you can be a, you can be a chronic introvert and be a phenomenal speaker. That's true. You just you just get those butterflies that you normally that most people have. You just get them to fly in formation. Yes. You know. Yes. But but you know, regardless though, whether you're a chronic introvert or you're dealing with imposter syndrome. You've absolutely earned your seat at the table, and as an influencer and as somebody who's a um, somebody who deals with information and, and wants to help people out, so th- there's no imposter syndrome there. You've you've absolutely mm-hmm. earned that through your work and efforts. So, absolutely, and I like the you. idea too that you're always. It seems to me you're always asking for some input. Yes. You know? Yes. I like feedback. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, you're confident who you are and what you can do, but you always, in some moments, you've always come out in several cases, I've seen you, you know, what about this? What do you think about this? And you're always asking yeah. information. Because we have good. blind spots. We all yes. have two or three blind spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to have feedback. But mm-hmm. can I tell you where my transformation came? Okay, yeah. sure, absolutely. Uh, so I'm driving to Houston for a week of work, and I'm listening to... Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes. Okay. Shonda Rhimes is the scriptwriter for Grey's Scandal. Oh, wow. All that. And And many more. Yes, and many more. (laughs) So I'm listening to her book, The Year of Yes, and I leave Lafayette looking quite composed. I arrive in Houston (laughs) like I've been dragged through a hedge backwards. Uh. Because like <laughs> half the, ta- and I sh- the whole time, yeah, right? <laughs> laughing hysterically or crying <laughs> or, All the or contemplating, and her thing. She was a chronic introvert too, and she just decided for a whole year she would say yes to the things that she wouldn't normally say yes to, and it transformed mm. her life. Wow. Interesting. But what I did was add Mel Robbins' five-second rule to the oh, saying yes. Go. There you go. So if somebody asks me, 
would you do this? As long as it's mar- morally within my yes, sure. realm and ethical, I answer within five seconds. I'm like, yes, I can do that. And then I'm like, oh, crap. How do I? <laughs> commit, commit, and then figure it out later. Yes. Right. That's not yes. a bad strategy. Yeah. Times. That's true. So as we, as we start to drop the landing gear on this, so there's so many, and we, you're going to come back. Oh, yeah, we're sure going to be back here. My God, sure. there's you just so much. Question, go ahead, no, go, well, go ahead. I got go ahead. one, and this is, I'm not, we don't need to dig too deep into this rabbit hole because we probably could do a whole other episode on this. But me and Scott have gone back and forth on this, but I'd really like to get your take because you're in this space. And the idea of, as we see so much online these days of life coaches and coaches and coachings and everything, okay? And we're, we're, we're similar, but we have a little different viewpoint on it. And I just want to get your take. If someone feels like they have, you know, maybe they've coached people on the side or just casually and seen some results and they've had results in their own life. And they're like, you know what? I think I could help coach people. Wouldn't mind being a coach. Do you believe that there, it's necessary and, I guess, mandatory for them to have, you mentioned coaching training and going to coaching schools or what have you. Do you think that that's a must and mandatory to maybe step into that world? Or maybe there's different levels? Give me your thoughts on that. I'm just curious. I'm a certification girl. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. Okay. It's like nutrition. People be believe because or some people believe because they've had success with a certain eating habit Mm -hmm. then they're an expert in nutrition they're Mm -hmm. not there's a whole world of different things that affect your body rather than just that and what might work for you might not work for somebody else with coaching again there's different strategies to coaching and Sometimes, you know, people say they're a life coach because they've had a life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that would qualify everybody at some point. Yeah. It's very subjective. Those who don't struggle with imposter syndrome, you know, you get people saying, I'm a life coach, but they've got no training. Mm -hmm. What happens is, or what could potentially happen is, when you're coaching someone and you're not trained, you could take them to a place yes. which could absolutely screw them up. Absolutely. Yeah, you could go uh, yeah. the wrong way. I can get that. I can and, that. and that's sort of that's sort of where I come from on that because the debate I have and the mm-hmm. point I usually bring is is the experience level and the credibility level. To right. It. But you never mentioned the fact that you might screw them up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I was thinking. That. I was thinking of that. I do get because that. the the example I use and it's it's a little far fetched, but it's it's really what you see now as we get into this area of, of personal development and information sharing. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between going to an actual doctor or going to someone that got all their information from WebMD yeah. and saying, Can I'm going to go to this guy from WebMD and let them diagnose me. Well, okay. I mean, and, and, it, and granted, it's not life and death per se, but I'm going to, I'm going to tag, tag on to what Francis said though, depending on where you're at, you can lead them into the wrong area. And then I, we've mm-hmm. also got a mutual friend through Toastmasters who, put a plea out on Facebook, you know, she's been getting advice from people for business, right? 
and none of it's worked. And you know, and of course for me, it's like, okay, are you talking to people that are relevant to your to your niche in your sector? Your industry, right? You know, have and have they experienced some success? It's the difference between book learning and and you know a superficial knowledge where I'm just curating information mm-hmm. versus have I experienced it or do I have some in depth study? That gotcha. makes me unique, uniquely qualified to present this information. And so that's that's sort of the the, the the debate that Wolf and I have, and, and we both have good points on that. But gotcha. I think your Francis certainly favors my opinion. <laughs> my and again, I'm not against one side <laughs> or the other. I just I think there's a, there's kind of a middle ground, I guess, to some degree. Could be, but yeah. um, you know, I guess it's you know the other piece of that puzzle is okay. Which doggone one do you choose? Well, How many other certifications are there out there? And I guess you can niche it down to your particular area, possibly, obviously. But well, tell me your thoughts on coaches that. with the proper certification are credentialed with International Coach Federation. Okay, I have heard of that yeah. group. Yeah. So if you're looking for a coach, make sure that they are credentialed. Because they've been trained on how to actually be a coach yes. and not just, hey, I've got some yeah. some ideas. Yeah. That's so that's so good, and that is definitely a conversation to get dive more into. We're, we're coming up on time, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a conversation to have because we, I want to see people led the right way, whether it's in oh, business, no life. There, and the the whole thing with you mentioned about diet and exercise that makes me extremely nervous because I see a lot of people that are out there calling themselves health coaches that have mm-hmm. had some success using this, 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 or this, but. What's your credential for that? You know, and you got to yeah. be careful because you're not their doctor, and you're yeah. and you don't want to give them some piece of advice or put a product in their hand that you don't know that they should should or should not be taking. Right? Yeah, so, you're right, and I think, like I say, there's a fine line there. Again, it's all based on the premise of you know how far you will are you going to go with that? You know, I think it, you know because there's a lot of I can teach anybody my experiences what I've done and what's worked for me. You know, with that disclaimer, this may not work for you because you're not me and things are different well, and we're all kind of work differently. Well, if you look... The- but if I say that... Here you want to you want to experiment. Let's go down that path and just kind of see where it goes. You actually see, you actually see a lot in in some training programs. They're oh, using yeah. that language. Oh, results are time. not typical. Right. What you experience, the, yeah, you no. you will probably not experience these same results. That's right. It's like oh, because that's like a CYA thing, right? That's exactly what right. it is. Exactly. So we're gonna have you on here again, Francis, <laughs> because you are absolutely a delight. We love being around you because Amen. because there's always something new. I know that when we get outside of Toastmasters and we we get to hear about you on a personal level. There's always so much cool information that you oh, share yeah. with us and it just makes me want to pick up some of Brene's books or sit in on one of your workshops. So, mm-hmm. um, And I love that actually. <laughs> all day. So, so what next it, time I'll come and read the phone book? Well, well I might have you read the Constitution because <laughs> that I, I, I really think no that the Constitution would just sound the best ever with Francis McIntosh. In fact, we're going to put you on uh, as, <laughs> as, it, as its own podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Francis Francis reads the Constitution. <laughs> so, well, Francis, thank you so much for taking time yeah. to visit with us and to share a little bit more about yourself. How can we find you online? How can we connect you with you? You can find me on my website, intentional-coaching.com. Yes. You can find me on Twitter at b-intentional. And you can find me on Facebook, Intentional Coaching LLC. 
Very good. Very good. So let's, so y'all make sure you write that down. Go back and hit the rewind 15-second thing and write those down. I bet you could do Francis McIntosh Forbes, and she'd probably pop up somewhere, yeah. too. Yeah, I'll you're on you're on the LinkedIn, yeah. and, and um, it, oh, yeah. it, some, some phenomenal. It makes me think I'm going to start using LinkedIn more. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody, I just recently had somebody ask the question, why would I want to use LinkedIn? It's exactly for this. When you want to grow as a professional, Facebook and Instagram is becoming a little more and more. There are a lot of influencers are using Instagram. But I'll tell you, that LinkedIn is probably the most, in my opinion, is one of the most underutilized platforms. Oh, absolutely. It's still, it's such a great platform to use Mm -hmm. to, to reach out and get a hold of an audience. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Francis. Francis, we really appreciate it. Rockstar. Thank you for inviting me. Maximizers, we're going to catch you on the next episode. Yep, so this has been an episode of Maximize You with the Wolf and the Captain. And y'all have a great day.